Welcome to the DC Daily Drop, your one-stop shop for today's important news in DC movies, TV, and comics. Here are your hosts, Tom and Zach. Welcome to a Friday, November 3rd edition of the DC Daily Drop. I'm Tom. And I'm Zach. And we're going to start off with some Shazam news, some potential casting news. We got a couple people who are listed as in talks for the movie. First up, Mark Strong is in talks to play Dr. Savannah in Shazam, according to the rap. Yeah, what are your thoughts on this, Zach? Uh, I like Mark Strong a lot. I I don't know, like, a big role that he's been in that is really a standout, but he's just done so many things, and I, I think he always really nails his part, and it does help that he looks a lot like Dr. Savannah, so <laughs> I think he, I think he'll do a great job at it. He really does. He's, he's one of the few actors, though, who is too tall for the role. Yeah. Because he's, like, 6'2", and Dr. Savannah is, is usually not so tall. Um, you know, DC fans probably know him as Sinestro in the Green Lantern film where he was pretty awesome. He's also been in Kingsman and lots of other stuff. I kind of wanted Jackie Earl Haley to be Dr. Zavanna because he's yeah. like made for the role. But Mark Strong, I'm not going to complain at all about Mark Strong. And he's obviously got not I don't know that he's a bigger a big name, Mark Strong, but he's definitely more recognizable. He's a recognizable face for for blockbuster movies. If you see him in a trailer, most people will know him. So. Yeah, so it seems like, you know, not official, but Dr. Savannah is going to be the main villain or one of the main villains for sure. Uh, I think that's a pretty interesting choice. If other than Black Adam, I think you've got to go with Dr. Savannah. Yeah, I mean, I think, like you said, I think that's a pretty good, solid choice for your first movie, especially, like you said, if Black Adam is not in it. Yeah, if you don't know who that, who Savannah is, he's sort of the stereotypical evil scientist. He's Captain Marvel's oldest villain, you know, from his first issue. Um evil scientist and sometimes works with others but um i think a really good good choice for the film yeah and the other name is grace fulton who worked with david f sandberg on annabelle creation is in talks to play one of billy batson's friends according to variety yeah so uh grace fulton is a name that i'm not super familiar with like mark strong um but Again, I, I like if a director has somebody that they've worked with before and they like and they can bring him into a new project, that's always cool. And so if, if David Sandberg liked working with her, that's great. Yeah, and yeah, I second everything you said there. But if she's 21, um, yeah. looking at her, I kind of think, I would guess this could be Mary Marvel slash, you know, she's not called that anymore, but Batson, Mary Batson or um, Mary Bromfield from New 52 she is essentially the she also becomes a superhero uh, mm-hmm. is one of the first female spinoffs like way before Supergirl or Batgirl was Mary Marvel and I think her age in in the in comics she is either a twin she was initially a twin of Billy I think she's a little bit older she's 21 so she's probably going to be playing a high schooler that's how movies, yeah. <laughs> movies work so in the new 52 she was they were all there's five of them including Billy who were part of a foster family and Mary was the oldest. So I think that's the right age group. That's pure hypo, pure speculation on my part, but I would be surprised if she was anybody else. And I'm excited to see that. I don't know if we'll see her suited up in the first movie or, or anytime soon, but I'm hopeful we do see another female superhero soon. Yeah, that was the one thing that I, I thought, because like you said, she's 21 and it says that she's going to play a friend of his. And so I I don't think Billy Batson's going to be that old, obviously. And so, like you said, I think the idea of maybe doing the foster family where she's the oldest or some other kind of setup like that, where she is a, a good amount older than Billy Benson, I think would work better. Yeah. Yeah. And definitely, definitely a character I want to see on the big screen, like outside of, outside of Billy Batson, the the next character I want to see, I'm sure we'll see 
uh, Freddy, but I also Mary. I would rather see than anybody else. I think if you got Shaz- if you've got Billy, you need to have Mary. Yeah. All right, and then some final kind of wrap up cool news for Wonder Woman. It has become the number one superhero origin film ever worldwide, passing Spider Man. So it finished at just under eight hundred twenty two million dollars. It was already number one domestically, but it still had to to get that number one worldwide spot, and it's got it now. Uh, So comparing that to some of the other DC worldwide, it's top Superman, which is at $300 million, and a top Batman, which got $411 million. Yeah, that's just just in terms of DC origin films. uh, Obviously, it's going to pass those because they're such a, a while ago, but pretty awesome to think, you know, unadjusted for inflation, anything like that, but it's really cool to see Wonder Woman top the charts such an awesome film uh, yeah i also did a, a cool little thing just because everybody talks about inflation i wanted to see what some of the other dc movies had done inflation wise and sort of some quick math based on the ticket prices listed on um box office mojo uh, in terms of what their prices would be superman in today's dollars superman 1978 would have made 1.145 billion uh the first film i think it was like two dollars and 34 cents ticket prices yeah. were when it made 300 million uh, the average ticket price in Batman 89 would have made 920.6 million in today's dollars. Um, not to take away anything from Wonder Woman, obviously Wonder Woman's awesome. Uh, I'm not doing that to compare the two, but I was just curious what the other ones were. Uh, so really the first films for the, the DC big three have all been awesome. And, uh, you know, really pop culture had a huge pop culture impact, all three of them. And it's so awesome to add Wonder Woman to that list. Yeah, she definitely deserves it. And it was just, again, fantastic movie. I don't think I can say that enough times. Yeah. And so our last thing today is very much a rumor, sort of a speculation, but I thought it would be interesting uh, based on what it's about to talk about it. Uh, it comes from Bleeding Cool, who got a partial Facebook Facebook post from Diane Nelson, who's the DC president. And from that, they, she never names any names, but they sort of speculate that it looks like Jeff Johns might now be reporting directly to Warner Brothers instead of directly to DC. Um, hard. This is not hard news. This is not confirmed, yeah. but I thought it would be interesting to talk about. Uh, we know Jeff Johns has had his hand in the past in comics, TV, movies, video games, everything. Uh, if he sort of stepped away from, and not, I don't think he's going to entirely step away from DC Comics. You know, he's writing Doomsday Clock. I'm sure he'll write other things in the future. Um, what do you think about this, Zach? Yeah. So basically, you know, it it is obviously you can draw a parallel to what Kevin Feige does with Marvel and Disney. And if they wanted to set up that way, I don't know. I, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, I, I think it would make, I, I think I could understand if I were in charge of Warner brothers wanting to do something like this. Like, let's just assume that they say, okay, Jeff, you're just going to be in charge of the films and we have the final say and you on all the creative stuff or whatever. And the final say on the films and you have to, to go through us honestly makes sense business-wise because Warner Brothers is the one putting the money up to actually make these films and trying to make a profit off of it. Um, But I don't know. I'm not that concerned about it, even if that ended up happening, just because of Jeff Johns and everything that I've heard from him or seen from him and how passionate he is about the comics and how deep his knowledge is and how much I I don't think he wants to like really change things up in the films uh, from the comics. So I don't know. I, I'm not that concerned about it, but uh, I don't know how you feel, Tom. We haven't really talked about this yet. No, I'm not. I'm not concerned. <laughs> if this were to happen, um, I wouldn't be concerned at all. Uh, 
well, we know John's and, and John Berg are, are working on the films already. I don't know if there's ever been even an official announcement about that, but we know mm-hmm. that they are. And this would basically mean, okay, now spend less time on comics and TV because he's still got his hand in everything and work solely on the movies. I wouldn't have a problem with that at all. Now, the problem with Jeff Johns, the biggest problem with him is that there's only one of them. Right. <laughs> because he'd probably, he'd be great for running the comics, the TV shows, and uh, the movies, in my opinion. And so the biggest thing out of those things is the movies. So it makes sense to put him in the most important one uh, from from a from a big perspective. Um, yeah, like it, if this means we get fewer things like Doomsday Clock, it will be, you know, I, I'm super excited for Doomsday Clock. But I think the most important thing for the brand of DC is their movies right now. And so I think you should be working on the biggest thing. But, you know, again, this is 100 percent speculation, uh, just something interesting to talk about. Yeah. All right. Well, that is all we have for today. Thanks for listening. And we'll be back again tomorrow. Thanks for listening. And make sure to check out DC Daily Drop on Twitter, Facebook and DCDailyDrop.com. Drop by tomorrow for more DC news.